What we're not talking about with host Amy D. This is a friendly reminder that this show features heavy, hard, and sometimes bone-chilling conversations that are not meant for younger ears. In addition, swearing is present, and although attempted to be reduced to a minimum, it won't be edited in order to keep the integrity of the conversation. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to yet another episode of What We're Not Talking About. On today's episode, I have Larry Indiviglia with me. Larry is an author, actively aging lifestyle and relationship coach, fitness professional, and president of Insights for Life, Inc. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about two beautiful, terrifying, and ultimately destined topics which are love and dying. Thank you so much for being on the show, Larry, and welcome. Amy, it is an honor to be here, and I've been really looking forward to our conversation to this episode and the wonderful work you're doing. So I am very, very excited to get started and to really give your listeners some some great value today on uh, the two topics that we have on the table. Yeah. Yes, I'm very thankful that you are here with me as well. I think this is going to be quite a powerful conversation and one that, you know, sometimes it can feel really nice and fluffy and warm and sometimes it can feel terrifying and uncomfortable. So I I'm interested to see the way that our conversation goes. Now, Larry, you've got quite a resume. So if you had to sum up who you are and what you stand for in about five sentences, what would that description be? Well, five areas or five sentences. The first sentence would be, I am a man that is a man of faith in a sense. I happen to be a Christian, but I do believe God has a plan for all of us. So I I let him guide me through my life. So I do have a very strong faith. That's uh, number one. Number two is fitness. Fitness has been a lifestyle and a part of my DNA since 10 years old. I believe if you're physically strong and have a good sense of conditioning, that also involves nutrition, that really will take you far in life and help you in all that you do. Uh, The third one would be family. Uh, I have two children. I was married for 25 years. I grew up in a great family. And family is always something that I have grown to appreciate and to respect and to cherish over the years. Fourth is freedom. Freedom being the ability to pursue any endeavor that I choose to do here in the United States. Been very blessed. I actually served in the United States Navy and the Naval Reserve some years, years back. So I I also defended the country and stuff. So freedom is is such a blessed thing. And we're so blessed, Amy, to be able to uh, pursue what we want to pursue professionally and personally here. And finally, the last one is, is feeling. Feeling in that I've tried on my journey to accept myself to actually not repress feelings, and not to repress things and challenges that go on in your life, to acknowledge them, to also 
feel that's part of the duality of life is being able to be in contact with your emotions. So high EQ has been something very important to me. Those are the five. Beautiful. And I love, I love a good alliteration. So thank you for sharing that. And You're welcome. I think that's a great way to give a pretty good encompassing view of who you are too. So good job. So like, I'm really excited because I know we're going to talk about at least four of these, maybe fitness will come into this, mm-hmm. but we've spoken a bit off, off air and you briefly shared with me how you found love at an older age than most people seek. Mm. And I believe this story is incredibly valuable and incredibly romantic. And I would love for you if you would share it again with me and also the listeners. I would be uh, happy and honored to, and um, also as an honor to Gail, you know, this has been a, a very interesting year and a very profound one. So in 126 days, 11 minutes, our love story I share the true story, Amy, and to all your listeners of two actively aging seniors, as you say, in their 60s, who uh, meet online, discover each other, and find each other online, and against all odds, fall passionately in love, as, as you say, in a latter stage of life. And against all odds, we've done that because one of them, in this case, Gail, was suffering and fighting and battling stage four breast cancer and had been for four years. I was captivated by Gail, she by me, and we had a very joyous relationship filled with trust, honesty, romance, and respect. And more than anything, we chose to live in the today rather than the yesterday or the tomorrows and to really be present with each other and to love each other each day. And Amy, what I learned, and it's shared in the book, is that it is both possible and worthwhile to love somebody unconditionally with loss, because ultimately Gail did pass away after 126 days of our relationship, rather than never to have loved at all. And all this was possible. Amy, because Gail made the courageous and powerful choice, and this is a theme of the book, to embrace life and love until the end, even in the shadow of uh, a stage four cancer disease. Yeah. Wow. I want to just honor you for sharing that as well as actually embodying that. Like I know for me, it would be incredibly hard to be able to surrender to that in a way where I knew that there would be some level of hurt at the end. Now I've been in the last year or so of my life, been trying to understand my relationship with death in the aftermath of my father dying, as well as a few other family members where I never really processed it in the more, I'm going to use this grown up space 
where it was more like I was much younger and it was out of sight, out of mind. I didn't really have to process or deal with it. Whereas now very different. So that's such, it's so fascinating to me now, how, like, how did you make that decision or did you just know, like, was it even a decision to sit and be with her when you knew that it, you had the potential of not being able to spend much time overall? Well, you know, Amy, it's interesting. Gail, Gail was a very colorful woman. She had been married three times. She was a professional photographer. She was an Argentine tango dancer. She was mystical. She was a Virgo, so she had a very strong connection to nature and the universe. And when I first met Gail with on the phone initially, and then when I first met her in person, I was very captivated by her courage. And, you know, she had told me a story and she had been trying to meet a man in, in the stage of life she was in. And I do want to do want to mention, I didn't think Gail was going to pass away in four months. And I don't believe she did either. She was battling cancer very courageously through a variety of means. And she, she had been in various stages of remission, but it would always come back. But so we did live in the today, but she was very hopeful all the time. She had a great sense of hope. But to your question, I was a little later in life, so I had appreciation. I was, I was down the road a bit on my journey. So I was more mature. I had life experience. And you know, Amy, which, which really was a factor too, was that I had been diagnosed with stage one colorectal cancer coincidentally, the same month and year that Gail was diagnosed with her stage four breast cancer, which was October 2015. So I had some empathy knowing when you get that diagnosis, how you can just be paralyzed, how many just become a number up. Now I have cancer and you're looked upon as sometimes almost as a non-person. And it's like, oh, you know, she has cancer. Oop, Larry has cancer. So I was able to relate to Gail with that. And the other thing is when you meet somebody and get captivated, I felt a powerful sense that meeting Gail was not random. I don't believe any connections are. But there was something I wanted to continue to discover about her because I felt it was a very powerful meeting, if you will, and that there was going to be not only lessons learned from it that can only help me, but then I also, I could help her. And so my empathy perhaps was higher than most because of my journey. And it's funny, I didn't mention this in the book, Amy. Gail had an instance where she was on a date. And when she shared about her cancer to this gentleman, he actually got up gave her a $50 bill and said, well, that's not for me. Here's my portion of the bill. Got up and walked out. And, you know, she told me that later on. She didn't tell me that in her first meeting. And I'm not trying to disparage this guy, but, you know, sometimes when you go through that, it was probably refreshing to Gail that after I had met her that, hey, this guy's this guy is going to continue to have a relationship with me. Maybe this is going to be something special. And it was. 
It really was. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it is very telling that you have this beautiful relationship with death and sickness in a way that's really like hopeful and encouraging because there are a lot of people that, as you said, like it just, you just become a number and you forget that there's like a human being that is in this experience. Now I would love to know, like what was the hardest part of that experience for you and Gail together? Um, You know, Amy, that's an insightful question. The, the most, difficult part was keeping positive through anything we did, even though some of it was hard. So for instance, early in the relationship, I remember I went to, uh, when Gail had to go in and get chemo and I went to her, her appointment with her, you know, that was a hard thing. And, you know, she had already, she had already been doing that for a number of years. But to actually go in, be positive, you know, think that, okay, this is making a difference. You know, the, that's the reality of the situation. You know, she had a intravenous port just outside of her heart, you know, where they put the chemo drug in. And, and you know, so you're doing your best to humor each other and, and to say, okay, this is just a process. You know, sometimes those things are reminders of the realities, right? There's another instance and I shared in the book when she had some imagery done and this was about 16 days into the into our relationship where there was an appearance of some lesions in her brain that at the sites that had been radiated when she had radiation two years prior they didn't say cancer was coming back necessarily but there was areas of concern I remember she was very very down on that day about that so it was sometimes Sometimes the realities when you're going through this, that could be difficult as reminders, even though you're trying to be joyous and we always were positive with each other. And I guess the third thing would be is Gail loved to exercise and to move and ballet, Argentine tango, hiking, lifting. And some days she just wasn't able to do that. Okay, and, and, and she would she would be in a little bit of a, a downer because of it, not giving up, but kind of the things that she really enjoyed, sometimes if she wasn't able to do it because of her energy and medication, et cetera. Th- those things were, were sometimes difficult in, in our day-to-day interactions. We had 63 days, Amy, where, where Gail was in relatively solid health. And then after 63 days, that's when the cancer came back to her brain. So it was almost, uh, I'll say, a joyous and normal relationship. I'll say that it was, even though it was extraordinary. Then after the cancer came back, it did shift. And then there was other things we had to deal with as, as she started to, her condition degraded. That was very hard during that transition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can only only imagine. Now, when she so she it came back to her brain. So was yeah. there was she because my in November of last year, my aunt 
she had breast cancer and then she had lung cancer. And then finally she, it came back to her brain and she passed away. Yeah. Was she like, my aunt ended up being in hospice for the end of her life. Mm -hmm. Where was Gail for that transition to the afterlife? One one of the things we did and which was a beautiful thing, Amy, Gail moved in with me for, it turned out to be five, actually six days before she got really sick. And then she spent six days in a regular hospital after the diagnosis that she had four tumors. Okay. And that's shared in the book. And we then were able to get into, and I share the story in the book of how we were able to do it. And it took some effort and some luck to get her into an inpatient hospice home here in San Diego, which was run by Sharp Hospice Homes. And it was at the Parkview home. And Gail was given two to four weeks to live once her cancer came back to the brain. She lived 44 days, not two weeks, 44 days in hospice. And she transitioned at the inpatient hospice. She received uh, extraordinarily exceptional and compassionate care. She was not in physical pain, Amy, when she died. It was great care. They took. They were able to keep her pain at bay. And emotional pain, mental pain, that's a little different story. Okay, that's different. Mm-hmm. But at least the physical pain was controlled throughout. And I, I promised Gail that, that she wasn't going to die in pain. And fortunately, she did not. I share in the book, especially the last 63 days, the, the dying process in hospice, the observations I had, and this was through COVID as well. Only immediate family and the direct caregiver were able to visit Gail. Thank God we were. So I was pretty much there every night for 44 days until she transitioned. But that's that's where her final her final place was. And we learned a lot about each other during that process, which is shared in the book. Yeah. That's lovely. Were you wish were you able to be with her at the moment that she past i will i will share not the exact ending of the book however as things you know my my goal was to not get sick with covid every day i would visit gail amy because you know you just never knew especially back last march april may you know so every day i had to get checked thermometer check you know wear a mask the whole thing and I just prayed. I said, you know, get me through another day so I could be with Gail for as long as she needed me. Okay. Mm-hmm. For as long as she needed me. And the way it turned out, she needed me up to about three hours before she transitioned. And I share that in the book quite in detail and some of the circumstances around that. When she took her last breath, I was not there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and there's there was some dynamics involved in all that and which is which is included in the book, especially her last three days, which was a very, very interesting process. After she did pass, I did go back to see her after her soul had departed. And but I was very present with her all the way up to three hours before she left us. Yeah. It's lovely that you were able to be with her. 
near the end. Now, without, I'm sure there's lots of lessons that you've learned, but what do you think was the most integral lesson or most integral like aspects of that experience and that beautiful relationship that you had with Gail? I learned unconditional love, uh, the power of loving somebody unconditionally. And what Gail told me, Amy, she told me this and practiced it. You must love yourself unconditionally first before you could love somebody else unconditionally. So what does that mean? Well, when you love somebody unconditionally, there's no expectations or judgments or conditions. And you know, our society in some respects now, Amy, is a conditional society, right? Sometimes how much money do you have? What kind of car do you drive? What you look like? Okay. What, you know, what kind of job, you know, what do you do as a career? And all that stuff's fine, but when it comes down to loving somebody unconditionally, none of that stuff really matters. And I did learn that from Gail, and and we loved each other unconditionally. I learned too the and part of that is, and she used to she used to sing this line to me from a song called Nature Boy, which was sung by the the older singer, Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole also had a daughter, Natalie Cole. She was a singer as well. Both of them have passed on, but it was Nature Boy. And the lyric was, Amy, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Beautiful. And that's a powerful line because you know, Amy, in, in your walk, I don't know you super well, but I can tell you're a giver. Anybody who 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 puts time, energy, money, and dedicated focus to a podcast, you're giving. You're serving others. You're serving a larger community. You're a giver. And that's beautiful. And I am too. However, when it comes to love and connections with a significant other, okay, spouse situation, significant other, etc. You must learn to receive love too. You can't just give. Because if you don't, it becomes one-sided. It becomes not unconditional. It becomes conditional. And it's very, very important to give and to receive. And I and I learned that from Gail. And finally, and again the biggest lessons is to stand in your truth. Gail, to the end, stood in her truth and into her core values. There was moments where, after her diagnosis in the hospital, the the, the way Western medicine could work sometimes, they're just trying to send you home anywhere. You become kind of just a number. And there was some particulars about Gail's situation, which are all shared in the book, about how we really needed to get her into an inpatient hospice home. And that was a challenge, but Gail stood in her truth and she knew that that's where she needed to transition. And she didn't back down from that. And I helped her in being her advocate, certainly, but she transitioned on her terms with dignity when she was ready to. And that was something, and everything she did 
everything she said and everything she touched was based on staying and standing in her truth as she talked about it. And that means really what is that core values? What are your core values? What are important to you? And she never compromised those, Amy. And that was a very, very strong lesson. I'll say just as an aside, lastly, embracing life and love to the end and how significant that can be for both parties. certainly was for me. And I I believe that Gail was able to spend her last stage of life, those last 126 days, with somebody who dearly loved her and cared for her. And, um, And that was a great thing. That's really amazing that you were both able to experience the unconditional love as well. Like that's something that so many individuals never, ever get to experience. And that's so, so wonderful that you were able to share that with her. Thank you so much for sharing your story with falling in love with Gail and her and your experience dealing with end-of-life care when it comes to cancer. If you're interested in staying in contact with Larry and up to date on what he's doing, you could do so via the show notes page in the description of this episode. Now, Larry, you mentioned this book that you wrote to really honor your relationship. Where can our listeners find that available for purchase? Yes, thank you, Amy. Um, for asking 126 days, 11 minutes. Our love story is available on amazon.com in Kindle or paperback version. The audio version, the audio book of 126 days, 11 minutes, our love story will be available on Amazon's audible in January, which is coming up pretty quick. So right now, paperback or Kindle, in about another month, you'll also be able to get it in audio format. So that's the that's the way to get it. Amazing. Thank you. And I'll be sure to include a link to those as well on this page when they are up and running. So Larry, again, thank you so much. I have one final question for you. And that is, what words of advice do you have for anyone who is dealing with the death or dying of a loved one? Amy, it is important to find your own peace about the situation first, because the person who is dying is going to find their own peace in their own way. I find as a caregiver, it is very hard to provide them peace. They have to find that. You can help them find it, but you can't do it for them. Find your own peace about the situation, and you will help them find their own peace in the process. That's what I learned with Gail. I really did. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of What We're Not Talking About. It would mean the world to me if you subscribed and shared this episode with anyone you think needs to hear it. As valued listeners, I also wanted to remind you that if you're ever looking for a specific topic to be covered, please get in touch with me on Instagram. My username is amy.demone or you can simply click the link in this podcast description. I can't wait to hear from you. 